Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Music and Therapy Podcast with relationship coach Kiana W. Mitchell. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. Well, I hope you guys are having an amazing day, an awesome week, and that you are making yourself a priority this week. It's important to make yourself a priority so that you can be there for everyone else that you love in your life. So last week on the podcast, we talked about the eight thoughts that can save your marriage. Here are some takeaways from last week's episode. Number one, think the best about your spouse. It is always so easy to think the worst about them, but practice thinking the best about your spouse and that will absolutely change how you view them and how you think about them. Number two, change your mindset about your marriage. Okay, now I know this is easier said than done, but sometimes we have to admit, your marriage may not be as bad as you think it is. Maybe it's the way you're thinking about your marriage that makes it seem a lot worse than it actually is. Um, For example, if you feel like there's not enough romance or maybe you have um, a love language need that hasn't been met, you might look at your marriage and be like, well, my marriage isn't good. But in actuality, it's not that your marriage isn't good. You have a need that hasn't been addressed. So that changes your whole viewpoint of how your marriage is. So if you change your mindset about your marriage and say something like, well, I have a good marriage. We just need to work on some things. Or I have a good marriage. We need to improve in this area is better than just saying my marriage sucks because you're pinpointing what you need to work on, what needs to be improved upon, and realize that, okay, the marriage is good, but we just need to work on these things. So change your mindset about your marriage. Number three, give your spouse grace. Yes, yes, this is difficult. Give them grace. Instead of always being so judgmental and getting mad so quickly, it's important to give your spouse grace. So instead of saying, well, they did this, this, that, and the other, and their tone was terrible, Try to figure out what are they saying to me? What are they trying to convey? Because sometimes we all have to be honest about this. I know I do for sure. Our tone and the way we say things isn't always the best. Sometimes people say things out of frustration, out of anger, out of just, I don't know how to express my feelings, you know? But if you give your spouse grace and listen to what they're actually saying, and sometimes just look past the tone, (laughs) look past how it came out, look into what are they saying we can give them some grace and think of it like this we are all human right we are all people who make mistakes we're flawed individuals who come together and who get married from two different point of views two different lifestyles so you can't expect this transition no matter if you've been married for six months to 17 20 25 30 years to be easy Because as human beings, as people, we grow, we evolve. So the person you may have married 15 years ago is no longer the person you're married to now because there should have been some growth during that time. And so your husband or wife would have changed and evolved and now may have different values and goals. And it's the same for you. You've changed in the past few years. You have different values, different goals, different things that you're interested in. So just knowing this makes it easy for us to look at our spouse as human, lower the expectations where they're not perfect, and give them grace when they make mistakes. Forgive them. Give them that grace that you will want for them to give to you. And number four, learn how to communicate with your spouse. It's easy to talk to them, but do you know how to communicate with them? Communication is something that has to happen on two levels. There has to be a conversation. There has to be someone to listen. There has to be a coming together of the minds. You guys have to be on the same page in order for communication to take place. So if you're just constantly telling your spouse things and you guys are not on the same page and they're not exactly hearing what you're saying, you're not really communicating. (laughs) You're just talking. You're talking at them for the most part. 
So it's important to learn how to communicate with your spouse. So these are just some of the takeaways from last week's episode of the podcast. If you would like to find out how these eight thoughts can save your marriage, then click on the link in the show notes to listen to last week's episode of the podcast. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about how to ask for what you need in your relationship. Now, for years, I thought I was an awesome communicator because I am a talker by nature. Like, I will talk to people in the store. I will talk to people who are walking down the street. I just talk. It seems like I make friends wherever I go. I just talk. And I love to talk. So because I absolutely love talking... And this is probably why it shouldn't be a surprise that I enjoy podcasting, since it does give me an opportunity to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is relationships and music. And, you know, I just love to talk. So since I love to talk so much, I automatically thought that I was an effective communicator and that I could ask for what I needed and that people would understand what I needed and we'd be good to go. Well, boy, was I wrong. Um... I remember when I was engaged to my husband, and this is like the turning point where I figured out that I wasn't a great communicator and that I did not know how to ask for what I needed. So during the time I was engaged to my husband, I was working at a daycare, and I was the lead teacher there for the infant room. And you know how it is. Like when you work at a daycare, you have a set time that you're supposed to go to lunch. And usually, I would go to lunch at that specific time. So all my coworkers knew I was getting married. They knew I was engaged. And it was an exciting time, and so I wanted to have time on my lunch breaks to go and pick up things I needed to pick up for the wedding, to plan, to talk to the wedding coordinator. I just needed time to do all these things, and I would do it on my lunch break. And I had a schedule, so if I had to pick something up or look at flowers or meet with somebody, I would schedule that time specifically during my lunch breaks. I could go do it, get back to work, and, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about doing it after work because I had things I was doing after work. So... I was getting all that together, and this plan worked out for a while, but then for some reason, I started to go to lunch later. They would come to relieve me like at 12.30 or 12.45, so I was missing appointments. So I was really getting frustrated because in my head, I was like, listen, everybody knows I'm getting married, so I don't understand why they are not giving me my lunch break on time since I specifically told them what I planned to do during my lunch break. You know, I couldn't get it. So I was getting frustrated. I was getting annoyed. And then one day, I just finally went to my, the director of the daycare. And I was like, listen, I said, um, I need to go to lunch exactly at 12 o'clock. Because first, that's my lunch time. And then secondly, I have things planned to do since I'm getting married. And I scheduled these things specifically during lunchtime because that's my lunchtime and I know that's the time I go to lunch so I need so I can get these things done so I explained it to her and she said Kiana she said I'm sorry about having you get to lunch late and everything she said we've been having some issues with staffing but I'll make sure you get to lunch on time she said why didn't you just tell me I had no idea you were getting married and at that moment I was like what how could she not know? But then I thought about it. Like, I never talked to the director about it. I never told her specifically that I was getting married. Yeah, I told my coworkers because we were cool, we were close, but I never told her. So she had no idea what I was doing on my lunch break because I never talked to her about my plans. 
I had talked to my coworkers and people around me. And so because of that, she had no idea. Because if she had known, she would have made sure that I went to lunch on time instead of thinking, well, you know, Kiana can wait maybe 15 minutes and then we can relieve her or trying to work it out. She would have known. And even if that was the case and I couldn't get it on until one, we could have had some kind of communication where I would have known this and then I could have rescheduled and made my plans around that time. But I didn't tell her. So that was when I realized I was not such a great communicator because I didn't communicate to her what I needed from her during my lunch break. And that's when I realized that even though I talk a lot, I didn't really communicate what needed to be communicated. So that was one lesson. Um, I also realized once I got married that I also was not a good communicator. I would not, I wasn't able to really communicate to my husband what I needed from him or what I wanted because I didn't know how to communicate it. Now, of course, we all do the regular things we normally do. We'll whine, we'll complain, um, we'll nag. But for everyone who's been married for, even if you've been married for six months, and especially those of us who have been married longer, you know this does not work. So since whining doesn't work and nagging doesn't work, how do you communicate to your spouse exactly what you need? Now, I finally figured it out, but I figured it out like years later. I'm not going to tell you how many years later I figured it out, but I finally figured it out. But it was years later that I figured out how to communicate my needs effectively to my husband. But it was years after nagging, years after whining, years after complaining. And it took a long time for me. And then when I was whining and complaining, I never got anything I needed, never got what I wanted. When I learned how to ask for it, then I noticed that we were able to work on our relationship and he was able to get what he needed. I was able to get what I needed. So that is why today we are going to talk about how to effectively ask for what you need from your spouse. Because I know you're thinking, I already know how to ask. I ask all the time. Do you ask all the time or do you whine about it? Do you nag or do you complain? So we're going to figure that out today because you may not be asking for what you need in your relationship. Many couples are comfortable telling each other like, you never do this or why are you always forgetting to do what I say to you? Or how can you be so insensitive? Or do you ever stop thinking about yourself? Now, they're not as comfortable slowing down and asking or even saying, it makes me feel much more relaxed when I have help with this or that. Or I really want to feel that you listen and understand. So unfortunately, many people automatically take a defensive, self-protective stance in relation to the inevitable hurt that they experience with their partner. Now, I am not going to talk about anybody who does this. If you're doing this now, let me just say it's okay because I've done all of these things. That's why we're talking about it. I have been defensive and self-protective stances. I've had them all down packed because I felt like I was being attacked. Or my husband's done the same when he felt like he was being attacked. And unfortunately, sometimes when we are asking for what we need, it's usually at a point where we are frustrated and angry and overwhelmed. And we're not really asking. We're just like, why won't you do this? How come you can't do that? And most of the time it comes out like that. So when things come across as someone is being attacked, then what do you do when you're being attacked? You protect yourself. So when you're being attacked, you protect yourself. So the whole thing is, it's better to win a battle than lose a war. So it's better to ask for what you need in a way that's not attacking someone, in a way that's not tearing someone down, 
and do it when you are not frustrated do it when you've had time to think about it and say okay well they may not understand i find that that sometimes we don't give our spouse the benefit of the doubt it's always oh they know better they should do this or oh they they really wanted to hurt my feelings or they did this on purpose or they did that on purpose but we never give them the benefit of the doubt we never say oh well maybe they just didn't understand what i was asking for maybe i could rephrase it differently maybe they were just busy and didn't hear what i was saying or maybe they had a lot on their mind. We never, ever give our spouse the benefit of the doubt. And I feel that it's so important to give your spouse the benefit of the doubt because it doesn't always mean that they're not listening and that they don't care. It could be that they just have a lot going on and that they're having a hard time focusing on what you need them to do. So while many partners tend to be combative, please, guys, don't do that. It's not a good way to go. I've done it. Some people also take the approach of being um, passive-aggressive. I know some people have taken passive-aggressive stances in their relationships. Let me just tell you, it did not work out. And in fact, it actually backfired because being passive-aggressive is not getting anybody what they want. You're not getting what you want. Your spouse or partner is not getting what they want. Being passive-aggressive to me is just like pouting. It's almost like, well... If you're not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. And it's like being a kid and like pouting. And we are too old to be pouting or anything. The goal is to resolve our issues in a way where both sides feel like they've been heard. Where both sides feel like they won in this agreement that you've come, in this compromise that you guys have come to. So being um, passive aggressive does not help at all. Shutting down doesn't help because when you shut down, all you're doing is not allowing that person to get to you. And I know some people shut down for many reasons. They just can't deal with the stress or the anxiety or all of the intense emotions that come with sometimes talking about your feelings and asking for what you need. However, when you do shut down, you tend to never get to a resolution because every time you talk about it, you shut down. So that's not good. It's not good to argue about things when you're trying to talk about what you need because the goal is to get your needs met. The goal is not to start an argument or start a war with your partner. So that will never work. So what will work? Because all the things I talked about are things that are not going to work. So what can you do to make sure that you are able to communicate with your spouse in an effective way and still get your needs met without having an argument? Because as we mentioned earlier, sometimes when we're trying to get our needs met, it can turn into an argument because we're talking about something that's uncomfortable. We are actually talking about something that we need from our spouse and that they're not doing. So this always has a tendency to make your spouse feel attacked. And a lot of times when you feel attacked, you react in a certain way. So the goal is not to have them feel attacked. So you kind of have to disarm them. And you disarm them by saying something like, you know, I've been feeling stressed out lately. I haven't been doing this, whatever. I'm overwhelmed. I would really appreciate if you could help me with. And then you can go on. Like, be honest with them. Sometimes we don't tell our true feelings. It's always like attack mode. But we never give our true feelings and tell people how we honestly feel. So if you are honest with your spouse and you let them know that you're feeling overwhelmed and that everything is happening or, you know, however you're feeling, um, let them know how you're feeling and then say, it would really help me if you could help me with this. Or I would really feel a lot better if you'd be able to help me with this. I feel less stressed 
if you could help me with this. I'd appreciate it if you would help me with this, that, or whatever it is that you're needing from them. And by doing this, you're not starting an argument. You're not pointing out what they're not doing. You're just asking them for what you need. So they're not being attacked at all. This has nothing to do with them, but it has everything to do with you talking about your feelings and asking them to help you with what you need help with. Another thing that you can do is stay vulnerable. So many times we are so busy putting up walls and we're doing things, we're not honest and we're not vulnerable. It's so hard for many people to say what they want to say out loud or even admit it to themselves. It is. I know that there was a time when there were things that I wanted to do in life, you know, and for some reason I couldn't say what I wanted to do out loud. I would think about it all the time. I would write it down, but I would never tell people what I wanted to do out loud. I would never even dream to tell people or say it out loud. And why was that? Because I was afraid they would say, Kiana, that's not going to work. That's ridiculous. That's a silly idea. That's not going to happen. And, you know, so for fear of rejection or people rejecting my ideas, I wouldn't really tell people what I wanted to do. And I would just work on it myself. But eventually I came to the conclusion that it doesn't really matter what they think. It matters how I feel and what I plan to do. And I think sometimes we need to look at that like that in our relationship. Sometimes we're afraid to talk to our spouse because we're afraid they're going to laugh at us or we're afraid that they may reject what we have to say. I don't know. Maybe there have been instances in your relationship where your spouse has displayed this type of behavior or your partner has displayed this type of behavior so you just feel like you can't come to them with anything. But for the most part, if you are vulnerable and you allow yourself to be vulnerable with your spouse or with your partner, then you are going to be able to talk to them. And remember, you can't come at them like they owe you this or they owe you that because then you're going to be blaming them. So if you just stay vulnerable, tell them how you're actually feeling. Tell them why you need their help and how important it is for you to have their help and how important you are to them and how you need their support, then they are more inclined to do what you need and to help you because they feel that you love them. They feel that they're needed. They feel appreciated. And so they're going to try to do what you need done. And this works better than going at them with demanding that they do something or insisting or nagging or complaining or whining. No, talk to them, be vulnerable, let them know that you need their help. You absolutely need their help. But when you ask for the help, you shouldn't feel a need to like overly explain or apologize for what you're saying. You shouldn't have to feel guilty or ashamed to simply just state what you want. You should try to remain open and honest without getting sidetracked. And a sidetrack is something that can happen because I know sometimes when I'm trying to have a conversation or I'm talking, instead of focusing on what we're discussing in that moment or at that time, I sometimes have a tendency to talk about things that happened a day ago, a month ago, a year ago. And every time you start going back to what happened in the past and what the result was in the past, you are taking steps back from getting what you need because you're going backwards instead of coming forward and dealing with what is happening in that moment. So another thing to remember is stay in the present. Talk about what you need help with now. Not talk about how they didn't help you in the past or what happened then. Talk about now and talk about what they can do to help you now. Because if you're open and you talk about what they can do to help you now, they'll also have a direction of where they're going and they'll know what you want them to do. Sometimes when we ask people for help, we're not as open as we could be. And sometimes people have a hard time understanding what we're saying. Like I know, for instance, 
sometimes I have a tendency to, my problem is sometimes I'm just too direct. So I'm like the overly direct person who just tell you and be like, hey, I said it, whatever. And that's sometimes how I am. My husband, on the other hand, sometimes have a tendency to beat around the bush. And you're just like, I don't know. I'm confused. What are you saying? But we all, but after a while, you know, it's like if you talk about things and you don't beat around the bush and, or if you talk about things and you're not so direct and overbearing and demanding, then you can come to a conclusion. And it's good to know what your style of communication is, because once you know what it is, you'll see whether it's working or not. And if you see that it's not working, then you will know that you need to change it. And I think sometimes it's cool and it's awesome and it's great for us to realize and recognize that we don't know how to deal with these situations or we don't know how to have these conversations. Because once we realize we don't know how to have these conversations, we can work on having these conversations and improving our communication skills when it comes to having these conversations. So it's important to remain open. It's important to stay vulnerable and to... Avoid um, being indirect. Avoid being overdirect. Avoid going around the bush. But just clearly state openly and honestly what you need, how they're, how them helping you is appreciated, and how much you love them, and how much them helping you is valued. So let them know these things. Another thing you have to remember is not to victimize yourself. Don't use language that makes you seem like you're the victim and they're the bad person. Refusing to act victimized is so important because when you talk about what you want, stare clear of sounding like a victim and don't make it sound childish. So when asking for help, it's important not to use victimizing language because when you do this, you make the other person feel bad and it's kind of like guilting them into helping you because you're making it sound like you're a victim and they never do anything to help you and your life is miserable and your life is hard because they're not doing their part which may not always be the case. So don't make it seem like you're the victim. Don't make it seem like you're throwing a tantrum like a child because you're not getting your way. You have to be honest and express what you need. When you're expressing what you need, then you have to avoid you statements. So for example, you can't say, you did this and this is why I need help. Or you won't pick the kids up from school and I have to rush and do this and I have to rush and do that. And it would just better be so much better if you did what you were supposed to do, then I wouldn't be so stressed. So you statements are statements that attack. So when you're working on asking for your needs, avoid you statements. Now, sometimes people go into saying things like, you did this and you won't do this, instead of talking about what you need. So when you're talking about what you need, you say, I, I need this. I need help. I need you to do this. It helps me in this way. It's about you. So you say I. When you change it to you're not doing this and you won't do that, then that's attacking. And the person you're gonna you're talking to, your husband, your wife, your partner, your significant other, your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it may be, they are not gonna be listening because as soon as you hear the words you're not doing this or you're or the word you you know it's not gonna end up well, especially when you're having to agree talking with your spouse about something that they need. So when they throw you into it, then it seems confrontational and you're going to get defensive and you're going to have a protective stance. If you hear something like, well, I need your help, then you're more inclined to help because you're like, oh, they need my help with something. And so if you know that is how you would feel, then that's definitely how your spouse feels. So it's important to say I statements and avoid you statements 
And remember, I statements say, I feel this way. I need you to listen. I want help. I want to, you know, I feel this way when you listen. I statements talk about you and it clearly expresses your needs. You statements kind of are accusatory. You statements make people become defensive because they're kind of telling people and jumping on them and pretty much telling them what they're not doing. And so that is why it's important to avoid you statements and always use I statements. And another thing that is important is to remember, when you're asking for help, you're asking for help because you really need their support. It's not because they don't do what they're supposed to do. or You have to reframe why you're asking for help. Now, you may be asking for help because you feel like you're not getting the support you need from your spouse. But you know what? Your spouse is not a mind reader. And I know, I know they should be able to look at us and figure out what we need. But that's not always the case. So we have to tell them what we need. And if they haven't figured out what we need from them, it's not because they're a jerk. It's not because they're being dismissive. It may not even be because they're insensitive. Maybe they just don't know. Maybe they don't have a clue that we need help. I remember there was a time I was in the kitchen and I was cleaning. The kids needed help with a whole bunch of things. And I was just doing all this stuff for myself. And I was getting frustrated. Like, I don't know why no one's helping me. It's all me. I'm always doing this, always doing that. No one's helping me. And then it dawned on me. Like, Kiana, you never asked anyone to help. So then I asked my daughters. I was like, hey, I need you to help me with this. And I need you to help me with that. And then I asked my husband to do something. Even though, you know, and everyone pitched in. Everyone helped. So it wasn't that my family was just not pulling their weight and not doing their part. They just honestly didn't know that I needed help. And once they found out I needed help, they all pitched in and they helped. So I'm sure that there have been times in your life and in your marriage where we kind of assume that people can see. Especially if it looks like we're busy or we seem like we're rushed for time or pressed for time or we're busy. Sometimes we do think that, oh, people should notice that. And just because you may notice when someone needs help doesn't mean that everyone's going to notice when you need help. So that's why it's important to ask. And it's important to remember that if people don't notice that you need help, if they don't pick up the signs or see the cues that you need help, it doesn't make them any less of a person. It doesn't make them any more insensitive. It doesn't make them any... Um, it doesn't make them it, it make, doesn't make them a bad person. That's what I'm trying to say. Because they don't notice these things. Some people have a hard time picking up cues. People are not going to notice these things. But that is why it's important for you to know how to ask for what you need. So when asking for what you need, remember, use I statements. Don't use you statements. When asking for what you need, be open, be vulnerable. Express what you really need. Talk about how this helps you, that they're helping you. And let them know that they are being appreciated. When you do this, I promise you that you will see some type of results. Now, the majority of the results you will see will probably be positive because people like to know that they are needed. People like to know that they're appreciated. And when you ask for help, you're giving your spouse or your partner the opportunity to help you. And you're giving them the opportunity to know that you appreciate them and that you need them. So go ahead, give it a try. You will be surprised by what asking for what you need in your relationship can do to improve the quality of your relationship as well as improve the quality of your life. The song we are going to listen to today is called Trapped. And it's about a woman who is feeling trapped in her relationship and she's unable to communicate what she really needs in her relationship. So here is the song, Trapped.
Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today. I absolutely love hanging out with you each week, and it's always a pleasure to spend time with you. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you will leave a review for the podcast so you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. Because I am so thankful to you guys, I am going to be giving away a free gift. I understand that being married can be difficult and stressful at times. So if you are looking for a way to stop arguing and resolve issues in your marriage, then click the link below in the show notes to download your free PDF about how to solve problems in your marriage. If you would like to contact me, feel free to contact me on social media by clicking the links in the show notes, and I promise you that I will respond to your message. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Broken, like you meant, but it's